listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. the passion that I have for community pharmacy was accelerated and I felt like it caught fire one of the years this would have probably been right around 2010 when I attended a conference in Orlando Florida called pharmacy development services this is the PDS conference with the the one and only Dan Benamos and the sincerity of the pharmacists Dan, program directors, pharmacy owners that came together to support other pharmacy owners because they knew exactly what everyone was going through. They knew the struggles of being the conduit, the, 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 the healthcare destination in their communities, but also the struggles that no one understood. They didn't understand what DIR fees are or what PBMs were doing or um, how marketing was a, was a challenge because of the, the intricacies, the complexities of being in pharmacy and medication management. And I mean, goodness gracious, HIPAA. I mean, we could go on and on, but having a marketing company, a business development support company who was a pharmacy owner himself develop an organization, pharmacy development services, and have the success that they have, which people are paying tremendous attention to. Investment companies have paid attention to. Uh, Major corporations have paid attention to. Pharma is paying attention to. This is a win for all of the pharmacy industry. It's a win for community independently owned pharmacy. And I am so proud to welcome the CEO of PDS, uh, Chip Phillips, and Chief Pharmacy Officer, Dr. Elaine Ladd. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation, um, both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Todd. So PPN is the media partner, one of the media partners. A shout out to Pharmacy Times and Drug Topics. We love you guys and the coverage that you've built and what you've built in publications for all those years that you've been dedicated to the pharmacy industry. We're excited to be part of this. Um, this is a, there's a, there's something special happening since the pandemic took place, since the transformation of pharmacy is getting a lot more attention. The PBM reform is finally heating up where we can actually smell the smoke. And we know that there's changes on the way with, um, with different facets of what Arkansas did and, and bravo to the state of Arkansas. Let's take a pause for a second and just introduce the both of you to our podcast listeners and, and, and your backgrounds. I'm going to start with Elaine. Thanks, Todd. So I am a pharmacist. I actually started in the pharmacy industry at the age of 16 as a pharmacy technician. And you'd be surprised. It's actually, I don't consider it my first profession. So I was a sales and marketing manager for a number of years for a large Canadian company. 
And um, when I met a boy who brought me back to the States, I needed to choose a new profession. Actually, I didn't need to, I chose a new profession. And uh, I went back to my roots, pharmacy. I uh, went to pharmacy school, two years of residency. I'll go really fast because it's like 30 years I'm trying to cover here. Uh, two years of residency, took my first job um, in academia. You know, I consider myself an educator at heart and thought that's where I was going to have the greatest impact in the profession. Um, started a practice rounding with hospitalists and uh, quickly got jaded with medicine. You know, the, the mentality of get them in, get them out. If you don't test, you don't have to treat. And I saw these patients lost to follow-up. Um, and so that brought me down the path of uh, starting my own store in 2008. Um, started it from scratch, opened the doors, and just hoped that people would come. And they did. Um, grew that to uh, what, what folks say is it was a very successful pharmacy. Had the opportunity to sell that and uh, thought I was about to retire at the age of 42. And... Um, got connected with PDS and uh, started here with the company uh, as a business coach. And over the last four and a half plus years, worn a number of hats and uh, now sit uh, on the executive team, um, helping to build relationships in and out of the pharmacy industry in search of new tools and resources and products and services that we believe will help our independent pharmacy members thrive. It's time for the next generation, Elaine. I'm excited that uh, you're bringing all of that knowledge to the table. And I think therein lies the purity of, of what PDS way back in 1998 and how you started and how Dan had a vision where he knew our independent pharmacy owners certainly didn't get business skills through their schools of pharmacy. They didn't get trained on running businesses and, you know, in marketing. And I mean, you're talking about a bunch of nerdy, um, you know, nerdy people that are evidence-based and very scientific. And sometimes there's, uh, there's, you know, the inability to understand, well, wait a second, how's, you know, marketing or profit and loss statements or KPIs, how's that all affecting the growth of my business, which if you have that in place and it's working, think of how many more patients in, in your community that you're going to be able to serve and you're going to be able to, to care for and assure that they're getting the best care, which brings me to uh, Captain, Captain of the Ship, uh, CEO, Mr. Chip Phillips. Uh, so glad to have you here today. Thanks, Todd. Um, so... I've been around in and around the healthcare space and pharmacy specifically uh, for about 30 years. I'm a finance person by training, and I spent a number of years with uh, what is now Ernst & Young. And when I was there, I specialized in healthcare and healthcare financing. And when I decided to leave professional services, I wound up gravitating into the space that I knew and one of the reasons that I gravitated into the healthcare space was because it, it presented an opportunity uh, for me to do two things. It, it presented an opportunity for me to feel like I was doing good in the context of contributing to a business that there was real social value to, and, and hopefully create an opportunity for me to do well just as a, as a person. And so I've been in that space for, for a long time. 
one of the things about my background is that I've, I've been in a variety of sectors of the healthcare space. So um, I've been on the provider side. I ran a company, I was the president of a company that put healthcare facilities on the campuses of large employers. So primary care facilities, x-ray lab, pharmacy, and occupational healthcare. And um, that, was a, that was a terrific business. And at the time it was missionary selling because nobody was delivering healthcare on the campuses where they had large numbers of employees. And uh, actually that business took pharmacies onto the campuses of large employers. So we had pharmacies at Toyota, pharmacies at US Steel. Um, and so I've been on the provider side. I was on the payer side for a period of time. I ran national accounts for what is is now Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, and then I spent a, a number of years, almost 10 years with CVS Health. And when I was at CVS Health, uh, I went as the chief operating officer of what at the time was the CVS owned PBM Pharmacare. Uh, and when CVS bought Caremark, merged Pharmacare into Caremark, and I became the president of Minute Clay. And so I was involved in Minute Clinic in its early days when we were battling to get into states, when uh, you know the idea of a nurse practitioner-based delivery system was, was foreign to the payer community, um, and then ran the Medicaid business when I was at CVS. Um, and so I've, I've got a real diverse background. I left CVS and uh, wound up on the pharma side of the world and ran a subsidiary that was owned for a period of time by Allergan, the, the large manufacturer, that then was subsequently owned by, uh, by Teva. And when I decided to leave the big, the big corporate pharma world, I thought about retiring, uh, wasn't completely sure that I wanted to stop completely, and decided to see if I could find something that was both interesting to me, where I thought I could contribute, and that had an element of mission to it, and so, you know, I wanted to do something that was a bit more mission driven. And I got introduced to Dan. Uh, I had good knowledge of the independent pharmacy community uh, by way of all of my involvements in the healthcare space, but got introduced to Dan and uh, uh, we wound up making a connection. And I decided to get involved here uh, because I think the my being an industry insider, when you think about combining that with uh, the type of knowledge that Elaine has as an owner um, is a great combination of skills and capabilities for us to bring to the uh, to the independent pharmacy market. There's a fusion of tools, algorithms, ideas, strategies in the inners of these big corporate organizations that are sometimes looked at as challenges and obstacles to delivering care in some ways and the formation of PBM reform that you are going to be able to understand the true rubber meets the road chip. And I think that's really exciting. So I agree with you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And uh, like I said, I think the, the insights that I can bring by having been on the other side of the table in a variety of ways, I think will be helpful in the context of deciding what are the programs and priorities for an organization like ours and how do we help independent pharmacies going forward? Big organizations like Ernst & Young, by the way, are paying great attention to the pharmacy sector and community pharmacy specifically. 
Dr. Yili Aluko, who's the chief medical officer of Ernst & Young today, has been on the Pharmacy Podcast a couple times um, with Gil Bash, with Finn Partners, to really talk about how pharmacists are literally helping to heal communities and, um, and, and really concentrate on things like uh, health inequities and really helping to, to get more um, healthcare services into communities. So PDS infused into community pharmacies and bringing the business acumen, the strategies, the marketing to help these pharmacies. We don't want pharma. We don't want community pharmacies to survive. We want you to thrive. We want you to explode. We want you to build and keep building and multiply. And I want to see community and independent community pharmacy go through a a transformation of fire and to find the uh, pharmacy owners out there who are the most passionate about the uh, the practice, about pharmacy and what pharmacy is doing, the impact that pharmacists are having on our specialty disease states and our communities and our um, funding and understanding the intricacies of of payment and insurance and and just the glue that some of these community pharmacies are to their communities as healthcare destinations. So why, if I were a pharmacy owner, Elaine, I'm going to go to you first because you're the previous pharmacy owner. Why in the world would you spend the time and money coming to the PDS RX Factor event 2022? Great question. And my answer is simple. Why would you not, right? I'm a big believer in that you need to invest in yourself and your business and work on it in order to improve it. Um, and so the, the RX factor uh, theme is centered around the opportunities that COVID has presented ourselves and specifically around foundational solutions and opportunities as well as growth opportunities and solutions. Chip, when I think of a pharmacy owner like Elaine who really understands uh, building a business, uh, sustaining a business, managing employees, uh, being a conduit of better health for her community, I quickly think of the uh, corner of every major intersection in America and how uh, several big box, enormous, you know, publicly traded companies have focused on that special corner. Most of those corners and many of the communities have a community pharmacy embedded. What is the opportunity that PDS helps to provide these community pharmacy owners to really level up in this modern day of healthcare? I think there's a number of things that PDS contributes to community pharmacies. One of the most important, I believe, is that we offer community pharmacies a uh, performance improvement and accountability structure and process that enables them to have a framework to think about their business and to plan for their business going forward. And we're devoted to the development of programs and solutions that not only can produce value for an independent pharmacy in the short term, but that can create opportunities for long-term economic stability in their communities, which is important to their both survival and their ability to uh, their ability to thrive. Um, 
And because, because community pharmacies are, are small businesses, and oftentimes the kind of thinking and planning about those businesses uh, that, that owners do gets put on the back burner by way of the immediate things that they have to do on a day-to-day -day basis, in order to have a partner and the opportunity to have a partner like PDS to unplug and engage in, you know, working on your business as opposed to working in your business uh, is a terrific opportunity. And particularly when that opportunity is, is infused with professionals who are continuously producing a stream of ideas and opportunities for those pharmacies to improve their performance. Uh, and not just financial performance, but performance, you know, in a number of ways, utilizing a number of measures. You know, I also want to make a point that this has been an accumulation. This did not happen overnight, but there are facets and value that comes from PDS that has absolutely nothing to do with PDS as an organization. It doesn't have anything to do with you, Elaine, and it has nothing to do with you, Chip. It has to do with the fact that your members that show up there have created interesting relationships with each other where these pharmacy owners have never met anyone before, but they keep coming back year after year after year. And they're building an internetwork through PDS to help each other, to stand with each other, to back up each other, to have someone to call on the phone when you know, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can make payroll because the DIR fee that just got pulled from my bank account has put me under negative, you know, $3,000. Like those kinds of conversations and relationships of what PDS has brought to the table is in some ways more valuable than PDS itself because of the intricacies of the way that they have been able to work together. And that's been one of the most touching things to me is be able to listen to pharmacy owners collaborate with each other and really build new ideas and business models to help each other thrive. That's right, Todd. The connections and the relationships that folks meet um, or, or, or make when they come to the conference are usually lifetime relationships. Yep. And, and listen, there is, there's nothing more valuable than peer-to-peer -peer interaction, particularly in the context of, you know, problem solving and, and, you know, it always helps to understand that you're not alone and the things you're experiencing are not necessarily unique to you and others have experienced them and others have managed to solve for them. And that kind of engagement and that kind of interaction uh, is, is, you know, uplifting because so many times as a pharmacy owner or you, you think you're out there on an island by yourself and you don't have that kind of uh, that kind of support. Yeah, Todd, I've been going to uh, pharmacy conferences for decades. Gosh, that's embarrassing to say that, but decades, literally, I am a conference goer um, because I am. I, I look for those relationships and those connections. But only in addition to that, PDS conference is a significant dopamine hit. I mean, think about the industry. There's so many headwinds for our pharmacy owners, and it is hard to remain positive. And so coming to the PDS conference is a dopamine hit because it's all about the mindset and it's all about collaborating and getting in a room where like-minded individuals can see through the forest. Yep. And so change management is a part of this, right? Like change 
is inevitable. It's going to continue. The industry will continue to change. There'll be new headwinds. And so we need to stay ahead of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? Even above and beyond the the excitement that is built there. And really, it truly is. It's, uh, I've been there enough to know when that music starts and there's pumping and there's action, there's dancing and people are up and we're energized because we're there's fellowship to be there together. You can't find that anywhere else where you have that energy. But above and beyond that, you're actually bringing solutions to the table and business ideas to the table and things that you've thrown into a sandbox where you've beat up processes and you found out what works and what doesn't. And you've even had the ability to put together regions of pharmacists who, depending on Austin, Texas versus Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania versus Sacramento, um, California or, or Orlando, Florida, sometimes there's differentiations the way, the way, the way that markets act and the way that things work and what doesn't work. And I think that, that's also the value that you're presenting because you have such a mixture of members that are coming to actually sharing. And that's special in and of itself. We need to know our customers. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the other thing that I think is important, you know, there's lots of conferences in this industry. Uh, the wholesalers have conferences and, and, and meetings and, um, the one other thing about the PDS conference and, and PDS's approach is there is a strong element of independence in the context of the opinions and programs that, that PDS develops. And so uh, oftentimes, you know, a, a small business like an independent pharmacy, they might look to some of the people that they're buying other services from for advice and counsel. And unfortunately, sometimes that advice and counsel is is driven by the underlying motivation associated with the products and services that they're selling them. And, you know, to the extent that we can, we try and keep a very pure approach to the business and try and always act in the best interest of the independent pharmacy owner in the context of the programs uh, and, and, and things that we develop to help them. Uh, and we really do try and keep that keep that element of, of purity in what we do. That's awesome. And by the way, you guys have a really interesting um, leading keynote speakers, uh, Cassandra Worthy, Jesse Itzler, uh, Juliet Funt. Um, give us some hints. Uh, give us some previews of of your keynote speakers. Yeah, I can I can go first, Chip, because I, I just I just finished uh, Cassandra Worthy's book, Change Enthusiasm, and I just finished uh, Julia Funt's book, A Minute to Think. And so Cassandra's focusing on this this change enthusiasm and how you know choice is our our biggest power, and um, how her goal is really to empower and to um, motivate our audience to think about the choices that they make when a negative or an unfortunate event happens and how they're gonna use that and turn that into an opportunity. Uh, Julia Funt, she uh, is talking about the importance of creating white space and how you need to work on your business 
and, and protect that time. Because as we know, it's really easy having experienced it, being in the pharmacy day to day, just putting out fires. What's the, what's the hottest burning fire? And that's where my focus is going to be. And you really need to protect that white space to ensure that you are um, working on that business and uh, instead of just working in the business, because right, the older we get, the faster time goes. And, and we were very deliberate, very deliberate in the selection of these speakers in the context of what we've all experienced with the pandemic over the course of the last couple of years. So we hear pharmacy owners all the time and people throughout the industry talk about how overwhelmed they are right now with the need to do testing and vaccinations and those sorts of things. And so this idea of, in spite of that feeling of overwhelm, the importance of unplugging, creating some white space in order to think about the future of their business and work on their business is, is critically important. The other, the, the other aspect related to the change management piece is that the pandemic has accelerated so much change in various elements of our economy and in healthcare and pharmacy specifically. And so that that acceleration isn't going to diminish as is as we hope the pandemic diminishes. And so it's very important that we all adopt a new attitude towards change and not view it negatively, but view it as an opportunity and understand the choices that we make in the context of how we manage through that change. So these, these selections were very deliberate based upon what we felt the needs of the community were related to two very important, uh, two very important things. Issues, themes, topics, uh, remote patient management programs, that's building tremendous opportunities for our home-based pharmacy care um, providers. I think of Sean Naren out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He does exactly that. That's becoming a, an enormous opportunity for uh, our community pharmacists. There's performance-based DIR mitigation and how you've partnered with PQS to, to help pharmacies mitigate DIR fees and um, diving into procurement costs of goods and showcase um, uh, showcasing success, what works and what doesn't, how pharmacists, uh, pharmacy owners can listen to other pharmacy owners who have tried things and proven that in fact, the investment in those tools and those marketing programs are actually working. working. Uh, the marketing programs themselves, um, there's a booklet that comes with being a member here at PDS that, that you're just giving them a plethora of information, endless amount of information that they can really dive in and, and build some interesting programs, which include uh, your point of care testing expansion um, for community pharmacists. And that in and of itself is so important, obviously, with um, the pandemic in hand, but also back to school uh, coming in the fall um, of, of 2022 and how we know that you can build purposeful um, clinic-like environments that you can bring new patients in to get ready for um, sports activities and school activities and, and everything that the community is going through. What else, um, uh, Elaine, can you share with us to, to kind of preface what's coming in uh, the RX Factor PDS-22? 
Well, the themes are focused around the foundation of your business, right? We think of the foundation of your business as the platform business, dispensing prescriptions. You know, we hear a lot of people complain about it because it, it, it isn't a revenue generating activity, right? Like you used to be able to dispense prescriptions and, and make a fair living. And that's different. And so we're really going to focus on how to leverage your prescription volume in order to create additional opportunities for products and services and really holistically take care of your patients. How to leverage technology to create the capacity to be able to expand into other patient care services. And uh, like you alluded to, the remote patient management program, which is near and dear to my heart. Um, so I wanna spend a, uh, just a few minutes on that or a couple, a couple minutes on that. The remote patient management program is consisting of remote physiologic monitoring and um, chronic care management. And historically, folks have really gotten into the chronic care management space, but from a sustainability, the revenue hadn't been there. And so now with the changes in the legislation and the, the ability for our pharmacists to be able to perform RPM in a remote setting, coupling those two services and using that as the foundation to build a consultative practice that is, expands the reach into the community for more patients, more care, and building the connections with providers. So really excited about that. Chip, what have I forgotten? Because I know there's we've got we've got a lot of topics um, that we're no. we're going we're going to talk about. Yeah, I know there's a lot of topics. I'll tell you one of the things I'm most excited about in in the context of the conference is uh, we've developed and we're building. Uh, an experience as opposed to talking about this, we're actually building a mock pharmacy inside the exhibit hall. Oh, cool. Where we're attempting to show how you can take all of the things that we're talking about, increased diagnostic testing, the delivery of incremental clinical services, um, and, and those sorts of things, and build them into the pharmacy uh, that you might have today and build them into the workflow that you have. And it's it's different because we're not going to be talking about it. People are going to be able to walk through and see it and experience it in the context of having that visual experience. And I think that's that's new this year and, and I think is going to be uh, uh, really very unique. Um, yeah, we're calling it pharmacy for growth. And so you'll literally be able to walk through it and actually touch and feel and experience what a pharmacy could look like and should look like to set up and leverage technology so that you can you can free up your team to be able to care more and fill less. You know, the other the other topic that I think I, I want to mention that, that I think is very relevant because of what we're experiencing across the economy that you know people in the media are calling the great resignation yeah. we're spending we're, we're going to devote a fair amount of time in the context of the conference to the development of how do you develop a culture and leadership in these independent pharmacies and the importance of identifying core values the shadow of the leader as they move through the pharmacy and creating a culture and we know that Deliberate attempts to do this can have a profound impact on retention of people within all kinds of organizations, including independent pharmacy. And so, you know, trying to address 
you, you know, the, the human resource component and the team factor that needs to exist within independent pharmacies is also an important part of, of what we're doing in terms of this conference. Well, Chip, that's a really good point that I forgot about. Well, and to expand upon that, we've been hearing for the last almost two years that folks are tired of us either canceling trainings and or converting them to a virtual experience, right? They're fatigued, they're Zoom fatigued, they're WebEx fatigued, Teams video chatting fatigued. And so we're really excited because we've committed to bringing back all of our, our, our you know, cornerstone foundational trainings, as well as we've got several new trainings that we're, we're introducing at the conference. We've invested uh, the resources to actually have an individual really focus on this and develop it. And we are baking our training and education into that member journey and their strategic plan, which we're really excited about. One of the most exciting portions of the PDS Super Conference for me has always been the absolute amazing and committed organizations that really support the entire industry collectively. I'm talking about people like Jeff Key, who is the CEO and 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 runs uh, Pioneer RX and ANDA and their pharmaceutical and and procurement of of medications and being able to be there for community pharmacies more strategically like that. People like organizations like Liberty Software, um, Micro Merchant Systems, who has been on the Pharmacy Podcast uh, Network several times, and the innovative technologies that they bring, uh, Pharmacy Light uh, Vial System Solutions, a shout out to you, and thank you so much for your support, uh, and CMPD Licensing LLC. And last but not least, um, Parada, uh, systems, which is a uh, pharmacy management, uh, pharmacy automation systems, and then the digital pharmacist, which is one of my favorites. They're just so innovative in how they help community pharmacies leverage um, social media and the leverage of, of, of the electronic side of your marketing, which is so important. But that's a big portion. And one of my favorite portions is being able to really um, connect with uh, the exhibitors. They're going to be there and um, the the information and the business resource that they are. Yeah, I think we've done a really good job this year aligning um, our vendors that have been vetted to ensure that they align with the products and services that are relevant for our members today. Absolutely. Well, we're excited, so excited to be a media a partner of the PDS Super Conference uh, 2022. Uh, you'll hear uh, the Pharmacy Podcast Network at the event. So if you're coming to the event, please uh, look out for us and say hello to Brady, Tyler, or myself. We're all going to be there and be ready to go. And then uh, after the conference, we're going to have some additional uh, information and summary show to, to really gather the troops and to move forward in 2022, which is going to be an absolute transformative and super year for our pharmacy industry. And I'm excited but I just want to give a shout out to our pharmacy owners, uh, safe travels to the event um, and reach out to the PDS team. If you have any questions, um, pdsconference.com is the main website that you can find all the information. Once again, that's pdsconference.com. It will be in the show notes, but in parting and winding down for the show, uh, Chip, you have last word for our uh, future attendees as well as um, other partners of the event. 
you know, the last thing, Todd, that I'm going to say is this. We're going to have this event and we're going to do this event in person. We're committed to doing it safely. We're working with Disney uh, on almost a daily basis to continue to review what our standards and protocols will be associated with uh, having a safe environment and to understand all of the things that they're doing in order to uh, facilitate facilitate safely. And so, you know, we're we're looking forward to having a in-person event where we can collaborate and interact um, safely, but but the ways we have in the past. And so, people should feel good about coming to the event, and uh, and hopefully, you know, are looking forward to that that in-person engagement that this event as the first event of its type of the year is gonna give them an opportunity to do. Absolutely, and it gets my blood um, you know, pumping when, when I think of the, the music and the fun and the networking events, and I just like it. And, or, and this is a good time to be in Orlando. I'm from Pittsburgh, so I, I already told you before we started recording, <laughs> both of you, how mad I am that I'm in, in Pittsburgh right now when it's cold. And I think our high was 42 and our low is six. So. That's not fun. Although, listen, Pittsburgh has turned into a pretty cool city. Yeah. Hey, I like the city. Go, go Steelers. But I tell you what, it's the weather. Like if I could yeah, have I know, I understand. Fort Lauderdale <laughs> weather in Pittsburgh, I'd never leave. <laughs> <laughs> thank you both um, for this time. And thank you, Pharmacy Podcast Nation, for listening. Please share this show. Look out for tweets and Instagram and Facebook and, and LinkedIn and just connect with the PDS team, ask questions and let's get involved. Let's make 2022 uh, the best year in independent community pharmacy. Uh, thanks for this opportunity. And I'm looking forward to uh, engaging with you, uh, you know, many times in the future. Absolutely. Yes. See you next month. Thank you, Elaine. See you soon. Thanks. Thanks.